to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Glory. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you guys had an awesome weekend. It's pretty good because the Lord Jesus has conquered death and Hades. He holds the keys in his hand and he shares his hand with us if we do whatever he wants us to do. Sharing in the favor of the Lord, it's not just grace to do whatever you want to do. It's actually doing only what the Father wants to do. This is critical. And a lot of people want to do what God's will. There's zeal for the will of the Father. So let's be real. We're talking to disciples right now that are interested in doing the Father's will. Guys, in order to do the Father's will, it's going to take the Father's intelligence that's in the programming of the Holy Scriptures that release the light of His intelligence. The Shekinah glory is the intellect of the Father. This season... There's a strong emphasis on teaching the inner intelligence that comes from God's Word being written on our hearts. Out of the heart the mouth speaks, which means intelligence comes through whatever words we consider, and we only want to consider Him. Written on our hearts, coming forth through our mouths, and the meditations of your heart will be the water courses of your life or the dry, arid wilderness places so whatever your heart is meditating on truly that is your god your god is a conglomerate of words when the enemy came what is satan jesus christ in the parable of the sower sowing seed jesus christ said satan will come in word form only all the foul birds which means all the demons of hell all they try to do is corrupt your hearts by putting words in there that will deprogram you from doing the word of god with your life and there's all kinds of things they try to do. That's why when we gaze into the Word, we discover the glory. The purpose and the function of the Scripture, the Holy Bible, is to connect with the Shekinah glory and to go from glory to glory every single day of our lives. Amen. So when we study to show ourselves approved, a workman that needs not being ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, what does it mean to not be ashamed as a workman? One who studies and gazes into the word to go and connect with the Shekinah glory. What is the connection with the Shekinah glory? It's the connection with the divine intelligence on the inside, the original programming for man and woman. That's called Adam Kadmon in Hebrew. It's the original design and programming, Holy Adam, Holy Eve, of God's Word being the intelligence on the inside, emanating all the glory of the Father. What is the curse of the fall? Simply, Romans says, falling short of the glory. How do we get back into the glory and no longer fall short? By gazing into the Word, we begin to connect with the light of life. What raised Jesus from the dead? Same exact thing the Bible says that's going to raise you from the dead. The glory of the Father. Now you need to understand how to get back into the glory. You get into the glory by gazing into the Word. There's not a shortcut. This is not drugs and alcohol where you can just be a slob and feel good. No, this is going into the Word and having obliterate sin. So there is a pain for the part of you that needs to die and be cut off you. Remember, Israel, they were circumcised as adults. We're circumcised by the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. Hebrews 4.12, it is written, Therefore, stuff gets cut away from our adult hearts. That's why so few people go after the circumcision of the heart, because the Word then peels back everything that's not of the original Adam Kadmon, the original design of man and woman, which is the fullness of the glory of the Father. And then in the oral tradition of Moses, it is said that all the angels had to come before Adam and Eve and bow and commit to serve them. Well, 
guys, one third of the angels said, no, we're not going to serve this man. We're not going to serve this woman. We will not bow before them. Therefore, anyone that does not bow before the glory of the word is not in obedience to Jesus Christ today. It starts with people's hearts. That's why scripture says, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ, the Messiah, Christ, the Messiah inside each other's circumcised hearts. But make sure it's a circumcised heart, because if it's uncircumcised, that's hell. Anyone refusing to gaze into the glory of the word to remove the shadow form of the word. So everything that's fallen is a shadow form. People want to say that's the prophetic. It's the pathetic. It's not prophetic. The shadow form of the word. Everything was created by the word. But if it's in the shadow fallen form, that's not prophecy. That's the fall. So you could say when you're deceived, the false prophet is like, well, everything's prophetic. Why? Because everything's created by the word of God. That's Genesis 1, John 1. It is written. God created everything. (laughs) There isn't one angel. There isn't one cell, one atom, one molecule, one animal, one human being that God did not create. The issue is what in creation, how many human beings will restore the original design of what God intended in the beginning when Adam and Eve were created in the fullness of his glory? We got these ideas or what's the image of God created in God's image? The image of God is not bird, beast, and reptile, Romans 1 which means it's not the physical manifestation of the human being. That's totally error. The, the image of the Father is the fullness of glory. The Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, Jesus Christ is the exact outreign glory of the Father. That's the image of the Father. Is that your image? That's my image and your image to the amount we're consecrated by the Word, by gazing into the Word of God. We're changed from image to image. Not always the same image. That's why we look dimly as a reflection in a mirror. What do you see in a reflection in a mirror, guys? Images. Does the image change in the mirror? Oh, yes, it does. Every day. It'll either get clearer or muddier. It'll either get brighter or dimmer. As it's written, his, their eyes were dimmed and their eyes are blind. The blind leading the blind. Why is it such a dimness? It's because there's no divine intelligence. We want to say we have the mind of Christ But the mind of Christ is living out of the light of the word that has obliterated the inner intelligence of the human being. You cannot have the inner intelligence of a human being and the inner intelligence of God. They're at war against each other. It's Romans chapter 8. The mind of Christ wars against the mind of man. That's what scripture says. That man's mind comprehends not the things of the Spirit, nor can it, because they're only spiritually discerned. It is written. Therefore, when the Spirit obliterates man's mind, which is our daily death to self, daily death to our reasoning, our our logic, and all our own ability to think, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. It is written. What kind of paths do you think He's going to direct? The paths of understanding, the paths of the divine intellect, the, the paths of intelligence that has light beaming through it. When the Word is actually comprehended by the believer, it always emits Shekinah glory. If the believer does not understand the word, he needs to continuously peer and gaze into the word as into a mirror, not forgetting what he sees, like it's written in James. When a man looks into the mirror, he forgets his own image. We need to look into the mirror and not forget the image of the word on the inside of us. Therefore, when we see the word inside us, from that word comes divine intelligence and how to think, act, talk, and do everything according to God's will in Christ Jesus. What is God's will? To live life according to his word. Psalms 119, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Amen. Therefore, the more word, not just scripture put in your brain, you know, like a parrot memorizing scripture, but scripture that hatches, not a a dead letter. What's a dead letter? Dead letter is scripture through the human intellect. Dead letter is scripture through the human intelligence. Now, we know human intelligence is diabolical because we're disciples of the Lamb of God. 
but the intelligence that's radically righteous is the intelligence that comes forth from the light when the word, like a seed, falls to the ground and dies which means there's no life without dying. He who finds his life must lose it. No one is resurrected unless they're totally, daily, continuously crucified to the human being life. That includes the human being intelligence. Very few Christians in 2,000 years have ever lived this life where they consider the human being the animal soul. Literally, the enemy's soul, the animal and the enemy, the impulse of sin of the nefesh that's in the blood, which is all the demonic influence of hell. Now, if you are willing to sacrifice that lower animal intelligence every single day for the intelligence and by the intelligence of the glory of the word of God that you're gazing into, you can begin to live in his resurrected life. That's the process of death, burial, and resurrection with Jesus Christ. And this is how you are saved. You're saved by the light that comes out of destroying the human being's mind, the human being's feelings and emotions. This is why people are often turned away from being a disciple when they hear the preaching of the cross. They don't want to die on the cross. They become the enemies of the cross. Give us a gospel where the human being doesn't have to die, where I can live in my human intelligence and be in control and just add the things of God to me. That's the whore of Babylon. That's Esau. That's a person clinging to the foreskin and the membrane and not allowing it to be cut off and thrown in the lake of fire. Guys, that's what Edom is. That Edom, that's the whore of Babylon. That's Jezebel's Christianity. That's every fallen angel's Christianity in the entire universe. And that's truly what we're at war against, not just against others that are the uncircumcised Christians, the Esau Christians, the goat and the terror Christians, but also inside ourselves, making sure that we also are applying the circumcision of the sword of the Spirit to our hearts and our minds constantly. And just like Jacob moving further away from Esau and having no life mixed with Esau. They were completely separated. Esau is all the dust of the earth and all of hell. He had the opportunity for the birthright. He was born of the right seed line. He grew up hearing righteousness from his parents every single day and completely and totally rejected it for the inheritance of Cain as his father. Isaac is not Esau's father. Esau chose Cain as his father and that seed line. So there are only two families in these days. Esau, outer intelligence, the foreskin, the earthly, the human, and Jacob, the circumcision, the Brit, the inner intelligence, the holy, the set apart from sin. Those that live out of the mind of Christ, the Messiah, is only Messiah of Israel, which means the circumcised of heart and mind and tongue and bone and marrow. It says bone and marrow need to be circumcised there too. Anyone that is not circumcised has no messianic right or right to salvation in Jesus Christ. That's the truth anyhow. How can Galatians 3.3 say, having begun in the circumcision, you will now try to finish in the uncircumcision, having begun in heaven, the inner intelligence, you will try to finish in hell, Esau, Jezebel, principality, the false prophet, using an outer zeal, which is all of hell, to try to finish what heaven started. That's why, guys, in order to grow in Christ, it's a daily growing of the inner intelligence of the light of the word, cutting away more of the human being every day. Amen. Amen. And that brings us to our next picture. Planting seeds of righteousness. This is so beneficial. Whether you are a John Deere or an international harvester, and I think you are called to be both. This is international harvest and you've got to get into the epistles of John. There's a key in there. Epistles of John are one of the keys that the Lord brought me 
to find cosmic righteousness. To get the, to the door of Enoch, it took the book of Enoch repeatedly, again and again going through the book of Enoch, the epistles of John, and some of the revelations that we've already shared with you in the masterclass from the prophet Bob Jones about flying into the sun. Amen. So planting seeds of righteousness. If you read our post the other day about how to not be Cain, how to not be Esau, it's a mentality, it's a state of your heart, it's a positioning of your heart. Uh, then you understand that the seeds of the word of God are what you need to treasure and plant in your heart to grow it yourself, DIY, off grid, off Jezebel's grid, to grow your own fruit, right? You're going off grid, it doesn't mean you're, you know, starting a compound somewhere or making a bomb shelter or, you know, camping out somewhere. Although you can, you can do those things, that's fine. Just be led by the Holy Spirit in your life and whatever you do, you know, whatever those things are that you like to do. But you want to be off grid off of Jezebel's tower of Babylonian Christianity, out of pagan Christianity, running after things externally, but fe feeling the devoid of the deficit, the emptiness on the inside. We want to fill that with Christ. All right, so you are going to learn how to be a farmer, not just a farmer, but a cosmic farmer. It's like Animal Crossing glory today. Look at that. Ah, uh, yeah, love Animal Crossing. I wish I had time to play <laughs> Animal Crossing. If anyone is on the Animal Crossing team, just leave it in the comments below. And if you are playing that game, please enjoy it for me. I love those series. What's your method of collecting bells? Are you a beetle catcher? Are you are you planting, or is it mainly home interior decorating? Is that your favorite part part of the of the game, or are you so bogged down by your debt to that who's that raccoon you're always in debt to that raccoon guy he's always trying to come and collect yeah there's a character you always owe him money whenever you want to build something so it's easy to go into deep into debt uh, but i found uh, this was this might be an older version but when i used to play the game i found that the best way to pay off those bells <laughs> is to go catch some beetles so bug catching on a tropical island, and you can pay off your home debt in Animal Let's Crossing. Let's catch the beetles of the lives of the enemy and cut them, cut them away. Amen. We'll catch them together. So, planting seeds of righteousness. What does that actually mean? Because oftentimes we hear these spiritual concepts, but it goes in one ear and out the other, or we say, yes, hallelujah, amen, I know that, I know that scripture, I remember that. I get that, blah, 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 blah. But then we go and continue to live the same way without an actual change taking place. So in order to make the change real, this is uh, what I was able to do and I had the grace to receive this in my life. So I know it's going to be the same for you. I've seen this working in other people's lives. If you get anything out of this tonight, we want you to be able to understand seeds planting and harvest on the inside of your own spirit because this is exactly what Brandon and I have done and Brandon has actually been teaching this concept for a very long time and if you paid careful attention over the years you caught that you caught on to that and started to apply it now farming the heart yep so and this is actually where I learned this I learned this from watching Brandon and Joel's bar I took it super seriously and I ended up growing righteousness in my heart and finding, you know, the beanstalk of all beanstalks, which is the tree of life. And, you know, just it, it's incredible. It really works. The, the issue is those things have been available to us. But how seriously we took it to apply it, that's been the difference. Now, the issue is a lot of times we come across unbelief. Maybe you heard Brandon preach that and you're like, oh, yeah, I know that. Even as I'm saying it to you, you feel like, yeah, I already know that, right? The issue is we must have a tender heart to the Holy Spirit and what he wants to speak to you daily, what he wants to say tonight in order to open your heart for a greater farmland of glory, riches and glory. 
and honor and wealth and peace and patience and holiness, virtue upon virtue, precept upon precept of the word of God. So how do you grow seeds? If there's something you want, we talked about this online the other day. If not, you can check it out on the Red Letter Ministries Facebook page on how to farm, uh, how to not be a cane thief and how to grow your own. This is a little bit more just on the seed planting so that you can do it successfully. Again, because this is what I've done. This is what Brandon has done. Those who are rising are doing this consistently. But if there have been any demonic blockages in your life and you didn't quite catch on to this concept, this is for you. And even if you are a proficient farmer, this is for you too. You can advance to the next level of interior farming the word of God to produce a harvest of righteousness, right? Never-ending revival harvest is going to be a harvest of righteousness only. It's only going to be righteousness, and that has all the other virtues attached to it. That's why the Lord Jesus said, seek you first the kingdom, because you have to get into that first sapphire stone of Malkut, and his righteousness, right? That's the tree trunk that goes up into Tiferet, get into the sun, First do that and that, and then the rest of it will sprout and grow from there. So keep the main thing the main thing. Don't try to go out there and get some kind of joy. Don't try to go out there somewhere and get some kind of prophetic word or fulfillment or instruction. First do the basic, those two basic things correctly, and then the rest of it will come along as you walk in that. Basically, you must develop the plumbing of God's life in your hearts first because if you don't develop the inner intelligent first as the foundation of the Messiah's teaching nothing will work in your life so Jesus was laying the foundations of inner intelligence of how to live out of the life of his word the glory of his gospel on the inside of your heart because if you have not found provision mm -hmm. For all areas of your life, from the glory of the word inside, you'll go and try to be a thief and a robber on the outside, mm -hmm. which is the hunting of Esau. Esau was a great hunter. So that's all the killing and the murdering in the guise of prayer, all that false mm -hmm. piousness, that false humility, that false external nature, like the foreskins and the membranes pretending to be of the covenant, but of, of the fallen angels. So the key is, the foundation is learning how to develop God in your heart first. Otherwise, the mind will always be looking for it on the outside and falling short and resorting to sin in order to add anything unto yourself because you don't understand how God created man and woman in the beginning to live out of the provision of the light of the word inside their hearts. Amen. That is so true. And... I encourage you when this is over to go back and kind of listen to that section again because you're really going to want to grasp that if you are looking to walk in cosmic righteousness, it's something you're going to need to understand. Now, again, looking at the brain, right? So your brain has that da'at, the bone throne of Satan working in the carnal mind, right? That's your thoughts, your ideas that are not God's thoughts, his ways that are higher Right? Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. That's in the Bible. So when you have your own ideas in your brain, even when you read the word of God and you put it in your brain, that is just the working of da'at, fallen nature in the brain. So first, on this journey, you must forsake your own understanding, your own carnal mind, and you discover your spirit in your belly, right? Out of your belly flows rivers of living water, but of this he spoke of the Holy Ghost. So you get to know the Holy Spirit within your belly, and that will cause you to forsake everything you think you know in your brain about Christianity, the Bible, understanding of righteousness. So first you abandon that in the mind for the walk of faith. Because you can only enter into the kingdom by faith. So you enter into that gemstone of Malkut. The kingdom of heaven is within you, he said. That's where the river of life of the Holy Ghost comes out of, is Malkut. So you go, you follow that river into its source in the inner depths of your inner man. 
And there you'll find the Lord seated on the throne, and hopefully it's the Lord and not some other god, and if it is, you're going to kick him out and decree the Lord Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life, calling on his name, and you will be saved, is written. Amen? So you receive the kingdom, you go in, in there, and that is where you're going to begin your farming. That's where you can plant your very first seeds. Imagine it's like a video game, and you start off with a tiny patch of land. Maybe you're playing Stardew Valley or something like that. You start out small. Right. You may only have a few seeds. You may have a small plot of land, which means your plot of land is the size of your inner man. Your spirit, after salvation, that's the size of your spirit, depending on how big you grow your spirit. As you grow in wisdom and stature of your inner man, it actually grows physically. It's invisible, physical. As that grows, that's your plot of land that you could plant seeds in. Because if you put those seeds in your brain, guess what? It's only going to produce unrighteousness. Why? Because when you're planting in the dust of the foreskins in the membrane of Satan's kingdom, that's all Satan's food. So if, even if you take the Joel's bars, even if you take all the lessons from RLM TV and you put those seeds into your carnal brain, you're only going to grow food for Satan. Right? Because that's his food. It, that's his land. It belongs to him. So you have to die to your self-nature. You have to crucify your mind and your understanding and understand that later on, you'll have a higher understanding. God's understanding will be imparted to you measure by measure. It's promised in the word of God. Later on, you'll, you know, later on, you'll come to understand. But first you walk by faith. So abandoning the carnal brain, your interpretation, and then abandoning your own Gevra heart, your own judgments, your own discernment that could lead you astray, your own uh, contaminated dreams and visions, and how you feel when the truth comes, how you react. So if you can not care so much for your own opinion and how you feel in your emotions about something, the truth might make you angry sometimes and that doesn't mean it's the end of the world. You can still receive the truth, even if it made you angry. You can just simply say, all right, well, if the truth is coming and it's making me angry, I'm just going to repent. I don't have to go along with the fallen nature feelings. So understand, you can go first into the kingdom, Malkut, and his righteousness. You begin to learn righteousness. So what are the seeds? Preaching, teaching, and sharing stories of experiences in the glory. I wanted to share that with you tonight because we already talked about the seeds being the word of God. Mainly, that's going to be your Bible spa, your Bible reading. Uh, that's why the most effective way we found is to put your hand on your belly, put your hand right on your wind where your spirit is, and let the word of God go into your eyes and your ears at the same time. That's your Bible spa time. What that is, is a barrage of seeds. All of those words on the screen are packets of seeds. And you're just, uh, as Brennan used to say, machine gunning the word of God like seed into your spirit. So that way, even if you do have some bad soil in there, there's some rocky places. If you put a ton of seed in there, you're guaranteed to plant something, right? Something is going to get, like if you daily, every day put the word of God in, even if some of the ground in your heart is still kind of stony or there's some thorns in a certain area, put it right in the place where you have good soil developed that's Christ formed in you. Even if it's a small plot of land, you can successfully start growing the word of God within you. That's why eat a lot of the seed and then some of it's guaranteed to get into the good soil places and keep doing the work to till the soil, right? Plow up the fallow ground which means get into obedience to the apostolic and obedience to the word of God. Uh, but understand to the preaching and the teaching as we're here coming to you live speaking, or you go back and you watch the videos, you watch the training in righteousness. Those words, if you see in the picture here, coming out of the person's mouth, coming out of our mouths are actually invisible seeds of light. That's why you must be very careful what teachers and preachers you listen to because 
teachers and preachers of the old age of the stone age the church age who have a mixture of jezebel's counterfeit christianity and then they have some things really from the lord well guess what there's poison laced in with those seeds there's weeds and thorns and thistle seeds in their teachings so even if there's a little bit of good in there and it helped you a little bit along the way when you came out of really severe darkness guess what buckwheat if you go back to those old teachings to those people who are still under jezebel's tower you're going to get jezebel's seed in you and you will grow what you eat and listen to so we want to encourage you to have a strict diet of righteousness only, cosmic righteousness only. So the word of God and the apostolic teaching and preaching of righteousness. If you clean up your spiritual diet, you're going to grow only good seed. And there's already so much of the enemy that's working, that's trying to work against you. It's going to be in your favor and to your benefit if you're only planting good seed, right? Why, why throw weeds and thorns and thistles into the mix anyway? It doesn't make practical, logical sense. It doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't make sense in the Holy Ghost to do that. So understand when we're speaking to you and also when Brandon is sharing a story of an experience, right? He had an amazing encounter recently of physical lightning shooting out of his belly, arcing out of his belly. Uh, and it left even like a, a little bit of a burn mark from that lightning coming out of him. And that's the lightning of the Holy Ghost. So when someone shares an incredible story, understand that out of the mouth come seeds of light. If you can listen and receive that seed into your spirit, the seed of what caused him to have that encounter goes into your spirit. But what gets in the way? What blocks the seed? If you have feelings of jealousy or feelings of judgment, oh, that's not God, I don't know about that, or anger or negative emotions towards the things of God, it blocks the seed. You basically put up your shield and the seed bounces off and then you don't get the seed. So the best thing to do when someone shares a good story or encounter of something they encountered in Christ Jesus in the glory realms, simply allow that seed to be planted in your spirit. And whether it's out loud or on the inside, you can simply say, thank you. I receive it. Thank you. I receive it. And now you begin to grow it and plant it within you so that you can encounter the Lord in new and various ways that are beyond anything that you could ask for, hope for, or imagine. Amen. And here we see, wow, this is the shock and the surprise that comes over the mind when you actually go through the process and it works. Amen. The birthing of the light of the word of God is looking at God. We'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. But you need to understand the pure in heart see God. How are you seeing God? Matthew 5, the pure in heart see God. First of all, it speaks of a person that's allowed the soil of their heart to be completely tilled. The ox plows. The wonderful four-faced man of Ezekiel 1, he's a, he has an ox face. He's the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, lion, eagle, ox, and man. These are all parts of sowing and producing the light of the Word. We have Scripture, as we've already established, in order to connect to Shekinah. The function and purpose of Scripture is to connect to Shekinah. Shekinah is the divine intelligence. What will upgrade, transform, transfigure your lives from below to above is divine intelligence. So the intellect of Jesus is one seed at a time. Oftentimes we see people that have been in this process of farming 24 years for myself and we're like, well, I want all of that at once. 
if you do the same things I did the last 24 years, you'll have all the same results. Imagine someone It's who has farming. spent Amen. Imagine someone who has spent 10,000 hours in Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing. What is their property going to look like, right? So we have to understand the investment. Jesus Christ always spoke of these things in terms of investment, in considering, in business terms. So one talent, three talent, five talent. There's all different measurements of investment. Well, a person that's not willing to invest their whole soul in the word is not even going to have nearly as much glory in their life or joy in their life or peace in their life as the person that went all in. So wisdom is that faith that goes all in in developing the things of the kingdom of the Father, knowing that there's nothing, there's no life anywhere else. So a lot of people have not come to the end of trying to develop a life outside of the Word. The Word is the keys of the kingdom and how you enter heaven, how we look into God, how we gaze into the Word, how we see God every day is all about this farming teaching of Jesus Christ. The farming mm -hmm. of the heart and how much the soil is tender receiving the word. Now, guys, I've been doing this by the hundreds of thousands for almost 20 years now. We run out of soil in people's hearts quick. I mean, I can usually bring people to the place where they don't have any more room for what I'm teaching them after a couple weeks because they're so filled with the world. Now, that should not be, but there's so much idolatry out there, and there's so much distraction. People come filled with so much religion and ideas about God that they're not willing to sacrifice much soil. I tell you the truth, there's infinite soil in your heart if you will keep sacrificing more of your heart. It's not like you ever run out of room. What happens is you stop running out of sacrificing the room. It's a mentality of saying, that's enough of God in my life. If I give him any more, he's going to start taking over the things that I like and I want and what I want to do. So the self-life begins to butt heads with the fruitfulness of the word inside every young Christian before they really make a decision to go very far with the Godhead. A lot of people come in, they come to a 30-fold place and say, well, it's going to be 70% me in my life lived as a human being in these human bodies. Jesus Christ said there'll be a whole group of people, it'll be like the majority of the people that will mostly live the self-life and will have a little bit of soil given over to the Word. You know, we call those lukewarm Christians today. I it. Like a tiny potted, imagine like, imagine like one believer has like an, has acreage and the, and their planting is in terms of acres. Like my, uh, I think it was like my great grandfather on one side of my family. I never got to met him, uh, meet him, but apparently he, he had like a elementary or middle, I think middle school level education and he was a farmer. So he only got educated through middle school, but when he would look He had so much of this intelligence as a farmer, he could look at his acreages of land and calculate it using his mind, just looking at it and be accurate. And so uh, we, when some believers are looking at acreages of that, and another believer who's lukewarm, you might have a tiny potted plant in a clay vessel that hasn't been broken yet. I could plant maybe like one pepper plant in there, but nothing else. Otherwise, it'll choke out and die. So... I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about. So the only way to create more room is you're going to have to shatter that clay vessel and get into the old, wide world of the Spirit because the planting grounds of the Holy Ghost is infinite. So you have to, number one, work on the soil. If you look at any plant forum online for advice on growing difficult-to-grow plants or even medium-intensity plants to grow, they all give the same basic number one advice. What is that? Focus on the soil because you could have all the conditions. Well, do I move it? Partial shade. Is it too cold? How often do I water it? The drainage. Do I put rocks in there? Do I elevate the blah, 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 blah? The main thing is to first off, make sure you have the best quality soil. If you have the soil right Which is and, the drainage, and the drainage right, you're going to have a much easier time growing things and not having them 
choked out or dying or root bound because it doesn't have enough room to grow. And so you just want to have a healthy plant, but it starts with the soil. And I saw in the spiritual realm with RLM TV and the work that God is doing in you guys who are watching and listening is that even if you didn't see a lot of fruit yet, they look, you might've looked like a little twig in the dirt. We were maximizing the soil quality. And that was the most important thing to the father was that we work on the soil and get it right. That's why the apostolic brings a lot of correction, rebuke, and training. And, you know, the Lord was joking around because some of you guys uh, who have been around for a little while are starting to kind of understand, you know, when you get the, when you finally realize that all those times of severity with the apostle were because he didn't want you to die and wanted you to rise. And then I thought the Holy Spirit was painting a picture of, of somebody crying, like tears of, you know, gratitude on the inside. Oh, thank goodness. That's what it was. No one likes correction in the moment. But afterwards, it produces a harvest, a great bountiful harvest of good fruit. Success is only in the fortitude of the inner man. Esau is outer man intelligence. Jacob Israel, inner man intelligence. Esau lives by the sword. Jacob does not. Jacob did not live by the sword. He was not cursed to live by the sword. Esau was. That means beating swords into plowshare means coming from outer intelligence to inner intelligence. Outer competition, envy, and strife, the evidence that you're in Edom, if there is envy and strife amongst you, you're living in outer intelligence of Esau, king of Edom, and behind Esau is all of hell. That's all of hell. So there's all of hell behind every Christian. Truth, trying to get you back into the outer intelligence. Amen. And I want to look at the picture with the, what you said. I want to show them this picture. If we can go back to the... This is so important to understand about intelligences, types of intelligence, and what sphere you're operating in. Is it the realm of Esau or is it the realm of Jacob? This is going to make it very clear. Look at the the person's head there. And just let's, let's just imagine that's your mind. Whatever you speak, if you're speaking out of your brain, you're speaking bad seed, even with good intentions. So you abandon your own intelligence, your own brain and reasoning, sense and reasoning and logic, understanding, for the walk of faith, which is the realm of the Sephirot. The whole point of faith is to step into the Sephirot because that is the realm of faith. So you first abandon that place of the brain in humility. You walk by the Spirit. You go by the impulses of the Holy Spirit and it's going to cost you your own understanding, your own opinions, and yes, your own heart emotions and feelings toward truth and revelation. It is costly, but it's worth it. Then once you get, he said, seek you first the Malkut, the kingdom, and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. Listen to this. You've already abandoned your own intelligence at that point. You get into Malkut of holiness, fully circumcised. You stand on the moon. Then when you get into the sun, that sun righteousness in sun righteousness guess what that is that is tiferet now listen closely the manifestation of inner intelligence is that personification of jacob israel tiferet tiferet is the manifestation of inner intelligence that was the quality of jacob to see the inner intelligence of in all things especially the parables of his life that he walked in. And that was his relation to God was he would reason together with God through all the things that he walked through. He leaned on that inner intelligence, seeing the godliness of God's creation, how God was working through the circumstances to glorify his name and to give Jacob a new name, Israel, and to bring forth the 12, and in the future, the 13 tribes through his offspring. And it was a blessing for the future generations. So it's such great wisdom. And it's also the source of the wisdom of Solomon 
was when he would observe things. He asked God and he gave him the wisdom. He could perceive the inner intelligence in everything, whether it was a simple ant or a complicated juristic, um, jurisdiction matter, a complicated uh, judicial court issue, or whether it was just pondering the Torah, uh, the things of the temple, the deepest mysteries and secrets of all time, he operated in that inner intelligence. But guess what? If you try and try in your brain, where we originally started talking about, and you never sacrifice your own opinions, your own feelings, thoughts, and emotions, especially about the Bible, especially about Christianity, especially about righteousness, then you'll never humble yourself to go into the Malkut, the kingdom of holiness, and rise up into the sun, cosmic righteousness, in Tiferet. That's the only place possible to get that inner intelligence. And even then, you continually sacrifice of your own thoughts, feelings, and emotions to go higher. So when we're looking at that understand you sacrifice the one for the other and that's you coming out of the kingdom of satan and into the kingdom of jesus christ mm -hmm. amen. amen and so we're talking about uh the springs here i'll touch on some of, i have some google translate so i wanted to share with you guys when we pray in tongues sometimes we use google translate if it's in a language on earth that can be understood by the technology it will translate it into english which we find fascinating we have over 300,000 of these documented, and it's just, it's fascinating. But here we go. The Queen Spring is the best in the universe. What's going on? I can water the garden. Why am I sharing this with you? Again, what is this word? All of these are seeds. Why? So that it will work for you. You'll be shocked when you see this grow up inside of you. I did not have this before. I literally watched Joel's bar took it super seriously and did it until I started just going, you know, ham farming until it grew into righteousness. That's literally it. And the Holy Ghost highlights along the way. So why? So that you can be Inner a fountain. intelligence is also known as God inside minded. And if you look at those books of wisdom, some of those books of wisdom we've shared online that you find, I believe, in the Catholic Bibles and, you know, some of the other Bibles that aren't usually included in the normal 66 books and so on is that Esther what does it say about Esther it talks about Esther being like a river and the river becoming like a fountain into the sun it's a picture of the bride representing you becoming his bride which means you rising into the sun as a fountain the three if some of you are you're wondering about the three-tier fountain of the lamb mysteries the realm of the Sephirot, each, each world has groupings of three categories of levels. You have the Holy of Holies, the Holy Place, and then you have the Outer Court. So you have one, two, three, three-tiered fountain of the Lamb. But when you're in your brain at the top without sacrifice... You're in the other side. So first you humble yourself lower down into the heart, lower down into the spirit, and then you get into the river of life and it spouts out like spouts you up like a fountain into the holy of holies and eventually you will take back the brain and the mind. Right? That's something that begins happening in the ninth world is you start to take back ground in the brain and the mind. Right? So at the end of this journey, we will take back all of the human mind, all of the brain, back from uh, Satan's kingdom, and they will be completely kicked out in the lake of fire. But there's a mystery there. Why is this important? So that you can be a spring. It's written, I believe, in the Psalms or the Proverbs to drink until it becomes a fountain within you. So you yeah, drink Song it. of Songs 5-1. You become a fountain. You're clogged up, you're plumbing, as Brandon's saying, it's your plumbing. This is about your plumbing. It clears it out. When you drink the blood of Jesus and eat his flesh, which is the word of God, which is what we're speaking to you, we're speaking his flesh. When you receive it and you drink the river of life, it becomes a fountain. Remember, the fountain into the sun, the plant of righteousness, is the living waters of life. It's a river of fire. It's alive. It's a plant. It's cosmic gardening. Then you can water 
the garden. And this is an important word here. You are the firstborn of the bride. Eighth day cosmic circumcision. This physically manifested in the sky. What does that mean? Yahweh's way is perfect for me always. And what's the important word here? Firstborn of many. So as we are becoming the first, we are the firstborn in this highway of holiness. The point of all of these teachings we're bringing to you is so that you can walk in it. You can be fruitful. You can be a fruitful bough, a fruitful bride. You can walk in all the fruits of the virtues of the tree of life. And then when you share it with others, impart it to them and bring them into this cosmic apostleship, this teaching and training of righteousness, that they can know God and be set free from so many things. And this I found interesting. Because if you understand the mechanics, it's no longer just emotional reactions to your situations. This one I received this week, it says, you are the legendary mechanistic, you are the best in the whole world. So if this is God's opinion, through the interpretation of praying in tongues in the Hebrew language, that this method is the best in the entire world, if you want to walk in the best, if you were going to send your child to a school and you could choose anywhere, you would choose the best. If you could choose any house you want to live in for you and your family, you would choose the best. So when you're looking for where you want to feed your spirit, you'll want to choose the best. And RLM TV is the best training in righteousness. And it's the only center for training in cosmic righteousness that exists in the world today. But what is mechanistic? I had to look this up when I saw it. It means mechanically determined of or relating to a mechanism or the doctrine of mechanism, thinking of living things as if they were machines, connected with the belief that all things in the universe can be explained as if they were machines, right? Because why? You are God's creation, which means he created you with a design and a function. And even if it's broken because of the curse of the fall, God, the great engineer, the great creator of all things, knows exactly how to put you back together, working properly, and he is the one that knows. And he has written a manual for us to heal you, which is the Bible, which is the word of God. And so that is synonymous with mechanical. And the mechanistic approach considers a series of transformations derived from experiments with simple stimulus configurations in layman's terms. Basically, there's an input and an output. If you have bad fruit in your life, that means bad seed went in. Find the cause. Where did that bad seed come from? Where did I hear that? And get rid of it. Grow good fruit by choosing only good seed. And why? Because it works. It's worked for us. It's working for those who are rising. It will work for you if you go through the process. And this one here, in any case, I agree with chapter 92. And what is chapter 92 in the Psalms? To show forth your loving kindness, has said in the morning, and your faithfulness by night, with an instrument of ten strings, and with the lute with a solemn sound upon the lyre. And what is that? Ten-stringed instrument? It is the ten worlds of the Sephirot. A ten-stringed instrument. And what we find in the word of God and in the rabbinical teaching and the wisdom of Moses that Abraham was given ten tests from God. So as you rise and you choose this path, you will be tested in those ten tests of the ten worlds, and it's a musical sound. Amen? Amen. So determining what seed lives in you and what seed dies in you, what child lives or dies, will Esau live in you, hell, 
or Jacob Israel live in you? Heaven. It is determined by your choice of inner or outer intelligence. That is your daily decision, your momentary decision making. Is Esau going to live in me by choosing outer intelligence? Or is Israel, the covenants of Messiah and heaven, going to live in me by choosing inner intelligence? That's literally how you choose every day what kingdom you are serving. Now, as Rebecca was speaking earlier, I began to see Micah 4.1, nations streaming into Zion. Nations streaming, that's the outer intelligence coming and bowing down to the inner intelligence of Yadevave, the one true God, the Holy One of Israel, the Mighty One of Jacob. And that is the inner intelligence shining out outwardly so brightly that it burns up the outer intelligence of Esau, the demons, the sin, the transgression, the ten forms of Laban's sorcery that's all being practiced in all the nations of the world right now in Babylon the Great, that will be consumed. How will the world be consumed in fire? It wasn't like a judgment, damnation fire, like a fire and brimstone like Sodom and Gomorrah fire that Jesus brought. He condemned and rebuked his disciples for such foolishness in Scripture and the Gospels. It's the fire of inner intelligence of the outpouring of the glory of the Word of God. It's the fire that consumes outer intelligence, that consumes hell in these days. The floods of these days, as the days of Noah that you're in right now, the floods themselves are the floods of Jacob's inner intelligence in us, those circumcised of heart and mind by gazing into the word and producing its good fruit. That's what brings the flood. Therefore, Micah 4.1, nations go into our inner intelligence that has consumed their outer intelligence, and it brings them into the Father's kingdom of sapphire stones. Amen. The leaves for the healing of nations come from us as a plant of righteousness growing up in the earth and then the fruit is the meat right the fruit is the meat so the fruit and the leaves that restore all things only come through the plant of righteousness and that's also written in the book of enoch and uh did you have something else that you wanted to share on that go ahead yeah yeah micah 4 1 mm -hmm. But when all is said and done, in the message translation, God's temple on the mountain will be firmly fixed. It will dominate all the mountains, towering above surrounding hills. People will stream to it, and many nations set out for it. Many nations setting out for the inner intelligence of Zion, Israel, and Messiah. Saying, Amen. come, let us, let us climb God's mountain. Let us grow in inner intelligence. Let's go to the temple of Jacob's God. He will teach us how to live. We'll know how to live God's way. True teaching will issue from Zion. God's revelation from Jerusalem. Heavenly Jerusalem, which is the inner intelligence built all the way up to the very throne of God in heaven. He'll establish justice in the rabble of nations and settle disputes in faraway places. They'll trade in their swords for shovels to produce the inner intelligence. They'll no longer fight in the outer intelligence of Esau. The nations will trade for the inner intelligence of the plowshares, the shovels of developing the mind of Christ on the inside of their hearts, on the inside of their minds. This is the prophecy. They'll trade their swords for shovels, their spears for rakes and hoes for farming tools to develop the Word of God as their inner intelligence. They'll quit fighting each other. What ends strife and all world wars and all nation fighting nation? Inner intelligence. That's what will make world peace. That's the answer for everything. Inner intelligence of Israel and Messiah. Quit. They'll quit learning how to kill one another. They'll quit quick learning Esau and hunting. They'll quit learning sorcery of how to steal and kill while pretending to look perfect on the outside. Right, because righteousness is better. And if we have a moment, I'd like to show them this picture before we go as a refresher. 
And I saw this as you were speaking. I closed my eyes and I saw the bug that we caught. Uh, and, and we're killing this bug. That bug that we're killing tonight, you know, we'll catch it together. And that was the word tonight. The lie that's been caught tonight is that that lie that says to you in your mind, it won't work for me. Maybe it'll work for everyone else, but it won't work for me. No, that's a lie. This is guaranteed to work. If you go after this with your whole heart, all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and you do it, be patient and patiently bear fruit. It does work. Don't skip out halfway because you halfway started it and didn't finish. It does bear the fruit. This It works for anyone and everyone who is willing to repent. And so keep in mind, how is it? What does it look like when you're planting seed or receiving seed? It's when words go into your ears or your eyes, all of your senses, right? You taste and see that the Lord is good. When you experience with your senses the word of God and you put it into your spirit, not just using it for your carnal senses, but letting it crucify the senses of the old man and be and being a plant of righteousness, allow the garden of your heart to be watered in your innermost being and sacrificing all your thoughts, feelings, and emotions for him. It's going to grow you up. We talked about Psalms 92, the 10 stringed instrument. Psalm 92, the 10 tests of Abraham. There's a key here, 10 worlds. And if you look at this, I had filled in above, we have one through seven, Enoch. There's, this is the, the birth order here, the order of righteousness. Enoch, his son was Methuselah, and from him came Lamech, and then Noah, and then Shem. And if you look in the book of Jasher and in the Old Testament, the next person to truly re- learn righteousness from Shem was actually Abraham. And so that's when it shifts over to him. And we see that that is where the covenant promises are birthed in the line of Abraham, for he is the father of faith. Amen. Amen. So I feel tonight, if you have 15 minutes, your homework is Psalms 92. Those That 10 string lyre, that's so rich. And the, the ten generations of the ancients leading up to Abraham, father of Into all nations. Into the Ein is that Abraham one, the eleventh world. That's in Psalms 92. And then Micah chapter 4 in the message translation. Read them out loud, you guys. And be blessed. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, gather around. For today we embark on a journey of purpose and passion. A journey that transcends generations and connects us all through the power of shared dreams. We stand at the crossroads of opportunity and destiny with the chance to weave a story that will resonate for years to come. In the heart of Florida, where the sun kisses the earth with its golden warmth, there lies a vision waiting to be realized. The dream of RLM TV, a beacon of inspiration, a lighthouse of creativity, yearning for a broadcasting facility to call home. Today, I am before you not merely as a speaker, but as a messenger of possibility, as we collectively turn the pages of destiny and script a tale of support and unity. Imagine a place where ideas dance on the airwaves, where voices echo with authenticity, and stories unfold like petals in a poetic bloom. RLM TV envisions such a space, a broadcasting facility that breathes life into narratives, amplifies unheard voices, and unites communities through the eternal thread of righteousness. Now more than ever, we find ourselves in a moment where the power of media can shape perceptions, challenge norms, and spark change. As Joel's army, we carry the torch of experience, the wisdom etched in the lines of our journey. It is our time to contribute to a legacy that goes beyond us, to invest in a space that will be the canvas for the artists of tomorrow. Let us come together, not just as donors, but as architects of a shared dream. Each contribution, whether large or small, is a brick in the foundation of a facility that will stand as a testament to our collective commitment to Jesus Christ's holiness, scholarship, and humility. 
In the tapestry of life, we have the opportunity to weave a vibrant and rich thread, creating a masterpiece that generations to come will marvel at. Today, I urge you to be a part of this masterpiece. Let us pool our resources, not just for a broadcasting facility in Florida, but for a legacy that transcends the boundaries of time. As we open our hearts and pockets, let us remember that our investment is not just in bricks and mortar, but in the power of divine connection, in the ability of the eternal gospel to bridge gaps and build bridges that we may become the stairway from heaven to earth. Together we can make RLM TV's dream a reality, and in doing so we contribute to a cultural landscape that reflects the redemptive strength of our entire generation. Thank you for being the custodians of dreams, the stewards of change, and the architects of a future where RLM TV's broadcasting facility stands tall, a testament to the power of unity, creativity, and the unwavering spirit of righteousness in our generation. Amen.